Hello everyone, my name is Monica Kretschmer and I'm the founder and CEO of the Universal Women's Network, Woman of Inspiration, and this is the Woman of Inspiration podcast where we interview women of inspiration who are leading by example and they're making an impact locally, nationally, and globally. Now today I have a really special guest. Um, she is our 2019 Woman of Inspiration Nest Award recipient. And the Nest Award was a, um, a new award for our Woman of Inspiration Awards because it was chosen to be given to a woman that made um, huge strides as a single mom. Now. The woman that we're going to be introducing you to today is Sarah Helko, and Sarah is a dynamic. Like uh, you are an incredibly strong woman. You're 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 making such an impact. But I, I think it's really important from one single mom to another to realize that you you get your motivation um, through your kids, of course, and through the work that you're doing because you know that you're impacting so many lives. But Sarah, um, you are Halco Peters and Associates. You are a partner. Um, you are also, you've got your fitness um, world that you, I, I don't even know how you do all that you do. And as a single mom, like so welcome. I'm really excited to have this interview with you. And for those of you that are watching or listening, um, take notes because this is a woman that you need to hear from and, and learn from. So welcome, Sarah. Thanks for the invite. I appreciate it. And yes, I'm still in my fitness gear during this uh, COVID time. I just come to work in uh, sweats. Okay, so let's talk about that first and foremost. Let's, you know, um, we actually, I launched the Woman of Inspiration podcast. I've been interviewing since day one of Woman of Inspiration, but actually only now have started an actual Woman of Inspiration podcast. And I thought, you know, a better time to do that was during COVID because March 11th, the world changed overnight and everybody around the world was impacted. Today is May 20th, so we're really still very... We're almost just heading into the restart button, but we've been through this like whole capsule of 10 weeks. So how, Sarah, how did you, I want to ask March 11th, can you go back to that spot right now? Yeah. What were you feeling at that time? Well, at that exact time, I was mostly concerned about whether or not I was going to make it to Chicago to see Glennon Doyle's Untamed book tour that my sisters and I planned a trip around. And we were watching intently to ensure that it wasn't going to be canceled because this was quite important to us. Uh, so that's what I remember from, I think we were supposed to fly out March 13th. And of course the flights were canceled and uh, most of our events and plans were canceled for some reason so that's what was happening then um, and just thinking that this will pass in a week pass in two weeks uh, and then I realized as many of us did that on top of our businesses and our lives uh, then we had to become teachers and <laughs> that's uh, been an adventure so and, and so you have two kids yeah, I have two daughters in grade four and grade seven. And so their workload. So, yes, yeah, so let's talk about that workload um, right now because everybody is going through it. So, you know, 
virtual schools are now, I mean, school's done for the rest of the school year, um, for sure. Um, and, and possibly when we resume in September. So how have you been managing to run your business and be that parent and school? Like, how has that been for you? Uh, it's actually been pretty okay. Uh, my daughter in grade seven just is right on top of things and she gets up uh, at a reasonable time and does her schoolwork, bangs it out. Uh, there seems to be a real cross-section of people uh, insofar as uh, this is a daughter right now that I'm declining. Sorry, honey. Uh, there seems to be a real cross-section insofar as workload. So I'm quite surprised at the low-level workload that is required of my children because uh, my daughter in grade four, uh, her weekly load is takes about a, an hour. Uh, it might take me four days to convince her to do it, but um, just uh, helping the little one figure out um, computers that they haven't been exposed to enough and Google Meet and um, they go to French school so a lot of Google Translate for me because my French is quite uh, out of practice but uh, by and large it's been fine uh, and I was working from home set up the whole home office and then quickly realized that when I'm home they think that their servant is home as well so I left and I went back to my office all alone. I'm the only one here, but uh, it's quite more efficient because my workload, um, given that primarily I work with distressed companies uh, or do litigation support type work, which are distressed individuals or parties, um, I've been rather busy. Well, I, and I was going to say, you know, I've, I've talked to a lot of people and I, actually, all of the people that I've talked to are saying, you know, I'm just trying to balance taking care of myself because the workload has been like extraordinary. And then when you turn off your workload, then your parent mode is on. And you know, as a single parent, there there's no off switch, right? Because you're constantly going. So how do you find time to squeeze in those daily boot camps that you do? Like how on earth do you do that? I've been wanting to participate and I can't even- As you should. I should. <laughs> uh, at all times, zooming in. So the, the fitness came into play. Uh, I, I've always been, fit and active or you know like for someone that sits for a living and then a number of years ago I say that I got tricked into becoming an aerobics instructor I through one of the charities that I'm on the board with that I think you're familiar with called Gems for Gems I met Amber Zenith who you may or may not have met she's one of the founders of high fitness in any event she convinced me convinces me to go to this aerobics class and I'm like I don't do group fitness, I don't do classes, I don't do aerobics, but I'll go. Anyway, and I loved it instantly because uh, as many women are, especially in, uh, in the Calgary area certainly, or, or any downtown work environment, uh, I'm just about always the only woman at the boardroom table, almost always. And I walked into this fitness class and it was all women. And I actually started to cry. It was, I was just, felt like I could exhale for the first time and it hit me out of nowhere. I didn't see it coming. So I was exercising and being challenged because, you know, we're all good at, you know, if you're good at running, it doesn't mean that you're good at yoga. It doesn't mean that you're good at biking, etc. So it was a, a new fitness format for me. 
Um, and it was just really inclusive and positive, um, all women. And I was like, it just felt like this warm hug. So I went again and I went again. And then Amber suggested, I'm just advising my children that they can't text me because it uh, keeps interrupting this call. Um, so I, on a lark, did the instructor training and got certified. And then uh, we didn't go through my ridiculous alphabet suit behind my name, but I don't like to do things without the requisite education and knowledge behind it. So I thought, well, I can't be an instructor if I don't become AFLCA certified and I can't do this if I don't do that. And I, so of course, then I went and got all of the, what I considered the appropriate uh, certifications, notwithstanding they're not required at all. Uh, and that's just my self-validation, I, I suppose. Um, and then I just started teaching that and then someone needed a bar instructor. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll go get certified in that. And, um, and it's my selfish piece of joy every day. So I get up at an early hour and I run my dogs every morning outside and that's my alone time. And the fitness is really just a source of joy for me. And I'm trying to spread that joy in hopefully it's not a, an annoying evangelical manner, but uh, just trying to get people moving and to create community. Uh, so it's, it's just community in a, in a safe place and not everyone's comfortable going to the gym and, and men are invited to aerobics, they just tend not to come. And uh, so I make sure I do that every day. So I teach classes and through this whole COVID crisis, uh, I've been teaching a class a day just for free. And I mean, it's certainly not my moneymaker, that's for sure. Uh, but it is um, certainly a place of joy and happiness and it's good for us, so. That's amazing. So I will be including that into the notes help people can find out about your fitness class but let I want to talk about um you know you, you said you know the alphabet suit behind your name like you're you're a go-getter you dive in head first and you are a survivor of you know business and life and you're just so driven now were you always super driven Sarah or do you think that there's um, I think that I wasn't as driven so I did I did well in school. I was fortunate enough to uh, have a nice upbringing and school was easy and sports was easy and life was just, it was easy by and large. It, it was, it doesn't mean that there weren't some bumps along the way. I lost uh, a sibling to cancer and that was upsetting and parents got divorced and that was upsetting, but it was, um, by and large, it was a pretty solid, easy upbringing. And I did my first degree in humanities uh, and graduated with a humanities degree and I could speak three languages, which was um, very fine to serve beer in three languages. You don't need all those languages to sling drinks. So I went back to become a chartered accountant and I was just kind of not killing myself, to be honest. Like I was working hard, but not as hard as I would be telling my child to be working. And uh, when I got married, I was, just a CA, so I was a chartered accountant at a big four accounting firm. I had a master's in tax by that time, but... Um, just a master's of tax. 
Yeah, but it's dated. Don't come to me for tax advice anymore. I'll be like, oh, I haven't practiced tax since 2002. But uh, so I'll know if something smells wrong, but I'll redirect you to uh, someone who's current and an expert. Uh, and then I got married and had a couple kids. I took five full years off of uh, traditional work, uh, but my marriage was a lot of work. Uh, and we were what is called uh, in the courts, uh, high conflict marriage, uh, which means that it was uh, really an unsafe marriage to stay in. And we left that marriage. Um, as a surprise, uh, as kind of a surprise, you know, you see uh, negative things, but uh, we left in a hurry um, with the assistance of uh, the police force. And I found myself at, it was my 38th birthday and I had a two-year-old and a four-year-old and no home and no job and no money. Thinking, how the heck did this happen to me? smart, educated, I had a good family, da, 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 da. how did I find myself here? Uh, but thankfully, I had an education and um, somewhere in the back of my mind, I would have recognized, did recognize that I may have to tap into that again. So uh, I'd always kept up, even though I took five years off of traditional work, I um, secretly, uh, secret, well, secretly, I uh, kept up my professional required hourly designation and my uh, learning credits that are required in, in a number of different designations. And I was fortunate enough to have a loving family that found me a place to live. Um, uh, you know, people came out of the woodwork and were giving me clothes. I, I, like we had nothing. They, they brought clothes for my children and for me. And I found a job within I think within two weeks, I had five really good job offers. Uh, so this was um, inconvenient, but in the grand scheme of things, I was, I, I say that I was football fields ahead of many other women in my situation, which has been part of the driving force and how I've crafted my 40s over my 30s. Uh, and jumped back to work and got right at it. So I, when I got married, I had stopped the process I, I transferred into insolvency uh, and restructuring prior to getting married and I'd stopped the trustee course because I had to get married and be a wife, uh, which is fine. It just wasn't fine for me. Uh, so I went back and I got that designation and I um, got a couple other designations. I, I still don't know how I did it. I went back and I got my master's in law in banking and finance while working full time with two young kids. Uh, I will say that I made other sacrifices to ensure that I had a uh, live-in nanny was key for me. So for a number of years, um, you know, we shaved a lot of corners elsewhere, uh, but I had a live-in nanny because I could not have um, put in the hours of work that I did uh, and some of the travel that was required for my job uh, and educational requirements. Uh, I didn't have any other type of support. There was no shared custody arrangement. I have my kids 24-7, um, 365. So I had the great benefit that I recognize a lot of women don't have that I was able to afford uh, substantial childcare. Um, so that's... And, and that's still how my life works. I don't have a live-in nanny anymore, which I find upsetting, but 
uh, the girls are a bit older, so um, I have one part-time that lives out. And again, for me, that makes my life work. And I recognize it's a luxury. Wow. Like I, you and I have, you know, had some time to digest and talk in the green room and um, we have very similar paths um, and experiences about, you know, overcoming adversity and why I was really excited to have this opportunity. I'm really glad that we didn't have this interview right after the awards. I'm really actually thankful that it happened now because I think probably the, the most beautiful part right now is that we are going through probably one of the biggest um, levelers for everybody where it's, it's rocked you overnight and there was no warning. Kind of like the experiences that you and I have both um, experienced where it's like overnight, it changes forever. It's completely different. There's lots of uncertainty. Um, and I think what I'd love for you to touch on with everybody listening right now is, do you think that your adversity, I mean, how do you think that impacts your ability to embrace situations like we're experiencing right now and your resilience, muscle flex that you've been, you know, working out really hard with. So maybe you can go back and talk about how those experiences have actually helped propel you forward. Uh, I think it's been twofold. Uh, the first that you and I have touched on before is because I had such a nice upbringing, because school is easy and life was easy and friends were easy. I probably lacked a level of empathy and understanding for others uh, that surely I have now. You know, in my late teens and early 20s, I might have been more dismissive of people's plights without knowing what brought them to point X, what brought them to homelessness, what brought them to addiction, what brought them to whatever. Uh, something is the reason that another person's making a decision uh, and coloring their perception. Uh, and I think that I lacked that. So now uh, I try to process where someone's coming from and truly understand another point of view and to the very best of my ability to set my ego aside and set judgment aside. So I think that has been helpful. Uh, something else that's been helpful is that um, notwithstanding it's been seven and a half years, so everyone can do math, I was 30, my 38th birthday, I left my marriage, uh, so I'm 45 now. Um, every day, still, every single day, still, I am so damn happy to wake up and to be able to go to work. I have never thought, oh, I have to go to work. I'm like, oh my God, I get to go to work. Thank goodness I live in a place and I'm in an environment and I've crafted a life with help from the village that I am able to go to work. What a gift. Every day still and when you truly think you're about to die. Now, like, what a gift. So I'm excited to start every day. I do my very best to lead by example, not um, in a condescending way, lead by example to my daughters. Am I living in alignment with my values? 
Am I living in a consistent manner that I would hope for them? Can they be proud of me? Can I be proud of me? So uh, those are some of my drivers is I, I really do start each day with a level of gratitude, being able to go for a run, being a woman and feeling safe. Um, you know, there's, you know, in the news, the poor young man who was shot uh, in the US, Ahmad, uh, for running and he was black, like what? So uh, as much adversity and that we face as women, I, I mean, none of us step outside the door without thinking a bit about our safety. Can I go down the street? Can I park there? Is that safe? Like, did, do I, right? So all of these things that are constantly going through our head. Um, but uh, anyway, so I'm happy and I'm grateful. Uh, and I recognize how many people made space for me and I do what I can to lend a hand and make space for others. I just have to say, I'm, I'm girl fanning you all over <laughs> because I just adore your strength and your courage um, and your determination just to, you know, make such a great, beautiful life out of something that went down the wrong path and you, you created some beautiful world for yourself. And I think that's really important that people know that whatever situation they're going through right now whatever situation that they're not that's not working you know if they are in an abusive situation get out it's not going to be easy but there is a really great um it does give you a motivation to actually tap into your internal strength that you will never ever know your true power unless you actually do leave um but you can do some beautiful things for yourself, for your kids, um, and you are strong enough. Like yeah. you are a picture, a pillar of strength. And I just, I, there's so many similarities between our stories. And you know, you talk about the safety piece, um, how we we do have to be careful as women. Um, it's not the same for all of us, but. I mean, safety planning, being aware of your surroundings, um, knowing who your support network is, building trusted allies is really important. And I think that's true as in business as it is in your personal world, would you say? Because I, I think that, you know, as I really want to dive into how we can support women-owned businesses and support female entrepreneurs, I think we really have to take a look at who are our allies and who are not our allies and really make sure that we're getting our support networks for those around us that truly believe in the causes and in and, and our work in to help build those communities because it is like a village and we need to make sure that we're moving together in alignment yeah well absolutely i uh, this may or may not be well received but i kind of have a broad stroke when i'm talking to young women and uh, and learned the hard way where I've said about women, let's shelf men for a minute because that's another battle. No, we're gonna, we're gonna go there too, so. Um, uh, I've, in my experience, there's women who help and women who don't, right? And where I've been tricked is trusting in a woman who says she wants to help, um, but there's, and this happens in men too, but they want to help you get to here. 
right? As long as they remain queen bee. Uh, and they'll kind of say all the right things, uh, but they don't really want to help. They just want to keep, you know, their colony in check. Uh, and that's been disappointing to me. And I have made a concerted effort to be a woman who helps. I don't care if you want to be the best hairdresser. I don't care if you want to be the best stay-at-home mom, if you want to be the best businesswoman. If I know a way to help you, I will help you. And I will have your back. I have this skill set. I don't have that skill set. We all know what we know, right? And we have strengths and I've got a ton of weaknesses. Um, but let's help each other rise. There's space. There's space. So let's create space and recognize it's been beautiful coming back to work. I know it's been a long time now, but um, there's so many great, smart, accomplished women that I don't know why I was unaware of in my 20s. Maybe we were all in the same boat and we we're all juniors and we we're all just kind of like milling about having like ridiculously negative experiences uh, and misogynistic manners in the downtown core, laughing off completely inappropriate behavior that, um, I mean, what do you do? You don't know what else to do with such a power imbalance. But uh, just creating more of a village and creating more community um, and hoping for equality um, in, in perception uh, as well. And being pleasantly surprised with how many awesome men there are too, right? There are some great men just because i may have had negative experience with misters a b and c then there's like superstar kick-ass mr d right and they're there they're there uh and also recognizing and appreciating that because um it irks me that you know we spend so much time telling our daughters okay don't leave your drink don't walk alone don't wear this and like why don't we start teaching our young men to treat women with respect don't hit women don't rape women don't like <laughs> right so i think it's even more challenging monica you have a son and my sisters have sons like we put so much effort into raising these strong independent phenomenal young women and are we putting the same effort into our boys and um and having such a force like you raising him, obviously your son is seeing women as equals. And anyway, I, I don't know what the answer is. I'm no parenting expert. I think if we were echoing or mirroring and having somebody ask us similar questions without like a, like a secret panel with yeah. private rooms, it would come out the same because the reason why I created in, so let's go back to 2000. I, I Let's go back here to say, bravo. I love your messaging. Don't change it. Keep going with it. Don't worry about the filter. I think we have to get past worrying about the filter for one. Otherwise, change won't happen. And so in 2018, at the height of the Me Too movement, which is a very, very important movement, um, I made a decision to highlight or to create support her which was to elevate the men that were champions for women and their networks, workplaces, and communities. Now, I'm going to say that like yourself, I did not have a supporter. I do not have a supporter. I have anything but a supporter in my world with my ex-husband. Um, but that's the ironic part because I said, you know what, for all the men that would love to see pull you down at every single step that you take and, and probably applaud if you're, you couldn't breathe anymore, um, 
Yeah. And they continue being victims. Right. That will pull you up and just want you to succeed. And so I'm saying forget about the ones that are going to pull you down. Surround yourselves with the support hers that are there to help and support you on your journey. And let's not forget about the importance of them because I look at my son and I want him to have a healthy relationship with a woman. I want him to feel that he's valued and that has a great space. Yes side some woman and so it was for that reason that I thought no I have to be I can't go off and building and growing a woman's network without paying attention to how is it that men play an important role in that and I don't think we're going to move the needle without men and women becoming allies so Absolutely. I did that don't emasculate the men they are valuable and important like it's I, I think it's good fodder and you know people make jokes about men not being valuable they are valuable right so let's create space for them too uh, and my partner at the peters and hako peters uh is a male my partner kent and he's phenomenal he's phenomenal uh and i don't know if that was part of he had worked at rbc for so long which in my experience has quite a good um good work culture insofar as respect towards women it seems to be one of the best that i've seen i'm sure there are better but uh, in in my exposure and he has daughters etc and he's amazing and and we went for uh like business drinks with some private equity hot shot who was completely inappropriate the entire time to me and i'm just like water off a duck's back right like just not even reacting to the poor behavior and so we leave and Ken's like, what the heck happened there? And, you know, does that happen? It's a Tuesday, Ken. Like, this is women in work. So let is normal. Let me ask you something. Mm -hmm. So I also ask, so how can men make things differently? So if we were to go back and if we were to be conscious of that situation and talk about it more, we could say, okay, you know, um, maybe just not condoning behavior, right? So it's hindsight is twenty twenty. When you're in the moment, you're like, so is this really happening? <laughs> I don't even know how to respond, right? But the more that we talk about it and offer solutions, then it becomes almost uncomfortable for other people to accept it in that environment. So you know, yeah, that's, that's, absolutely, that, that's absolutely right. Is I think the only way to say it is to call it out. So now, you know. Honestly, I thought this inappropriate private equity guy was rather tame, right? Like I'll call out something that truly offends me. Like this was just, you know, not even hitting my register. Uh, but they need to say something. I had one of the uh, accounting firms I was at, had a, I had a very negative experience with a partner who took the position and was vocal about the fact that women only go to work to find husbands. Uh, and if women get files and get work, it's because they source them in a sexual manner. And that's how women market it. So I complained about this and talked to HR and it got, you know, brought to national level. Uh, and our managing partner, who was a male, uh, was rightfully outraged. And my other partner was outraged. Uh, and they wrote something up in that other partner's file. And they... So I'm still sharing a wall with this guy. And so you, you want me to just 
use you guys as a buffer, but nothing's happening. This behavior is being condoned by the lack of action. So even the good guys, they don't say anything when uh, this terrible behavior is happening and uh, the lack of repercussions is frustrating, right? So I think the only way for there to be change is for men to call out their buddies when they're, you know, inappropriate with whomever, whether it's the server at the bar or, uh, and I called them out, you know, we were out one day and they were, you know, smack talking and I looked at all three of the gentlemen at the table and I'm like, all three of you have daughters. Are you okay with that behavior? Are you okay with men, gross old men like you talking to your teenage daughters like that? And they're like, oh, so, uh, now I'm, I will call it out and like me, don't like me. I don't care. No, I, I, I love you even more for that, to be honest with you. And I think that that's what the, that's where we need to talk about it more, Sarah. So I think that, um, platforms like this and this conference, I'm really excited where this went. We, I have had about 20 questions, um, but you've nailed some really important topics that I love, love to talk about. So I think that moving forward, um, we just have to be able to talk about it. And there's so many men that I do speak to that are, you know, they're, how can we support women? Well, you can um, introduce them to a contact that would open up a door or an opportunity for one. You can give them a recommendation. Um, all these positive things that you can do to sort of help support them, you can mentor them. You can be an advisor to them. All of these great things that don't necessarily cost any money. Um, you can also invest in them. That's huge. Um, let's not underrate that because women are well underfunded, so you can invest in them. Um, but call them out when you see something happening or encourage them to call it out. So I love this. This is such great, great stuff. And I hope that people that are listening are going to be going, I'm going to take action and a commitment to make it better because that's how it happens. Everybody plays a part. Absolutely. I mean, we could, and we need men to be part of the conversation, right? So they need to be part of the conversation and we need to raise them up. We need to raise our boys up to feel that they have space and aren't getting steamrolled by our whole, we are women, hear me roar, which I support. But um, make space for them too. Well, I am, okay, so I, I, I love actually this whole, um, and now I'm a little bit kind of going, where do we go from here with this interview? Because you've nailed a lot of the topics that I really wanted to talk about. Um, you know, I would love to know what your sort of vision is. Um, you've got some, you know, you know, you've got some really great things on the ropes. So what sort of impact do you want to make? Do you want, what sort of legacy, Sarah, would you like to leave? Well, my goal is small. I want to help all women conquer their world, whatever that world is, right? So find your world and I will do what I can to support you uh, in whatever manner I can. And I want to see women rise, not to the detriment of men, because, you know, I keep talking about space, space, but I want to help women rise, uh, myself included, no shame in that. Yeah. But um, I just want to make space and I want to share a little joy. Um, I'd love to, you know, sidebar, make the world vegan. But uh, that's a harder thing in Alberta, I know that. But um, yeah, I just want to make space and I want uh, to see people succeed 
uh, in whatever arena they want to do and people in general so globally so uh, yeah let's just make some space for everyone and uh, and I want to do well I want to see my daughters come into a world that's hopefully a little bit better because we've tried to roll some heads and make some changes so for the women that are in situations that are not the best of situations what yeah. words of advice can you give them the words of advice would be that there's help there's help that I didn't even know existed right so uh, you know I said 38 no job no home no money what the heck do you do right what the heck do you do I had a family that loved me and supported me and um, I was able to you know find a place to live and that was a gift so uh, all of the charities that I turn my mind to and one in particular that I'm on the board for is uh, called Gems for Gems which has scholarships for women and they're intentionally short-term scholarships where you can get some sort of certification in a six to a maximum of 12 month period something that tweaked to me uh, just less than a month ago when I was thinking about these scholarships that we have they require a grade 12 well that seems like don't we all have grade 12 we don't so now we're also offering funding for GED to get your high school equivalency oh and we'll pay for your ESL if ESL is uh, a hurdle right so if you need to get through the ESL program so my ride was bumpy but reasonably smooth on the way out because I had an education because I'm white and I speak English and I know the nuances of downtown culture it was um, not without challenges but pretty darn easy for me to navigate my way back in and to be up and running uh, and many 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 women don't have that luxury so how do we create a space for them how do we make it safe because um, the most dangerous time in a woman's um, abusive relationship is when she leaves so it's nice that we offer these scholarships and we have online training. Well, what if you don't have a computer and what if you don't have a phone and what if you have to do this in secret? There's all of these um, challenges. So um, my, my advice is, I, I mean, I had to go and make phone calls at, uh, from the change room at the Y, right? Because that was the only way, you know, I would be like, oh, I'm taking the kids swimming. And right, so where is there a safe space? And, and in this COVID crisis, my, my biggest concern isn't the economy. My biggest concern is the spike in domestic violence, the spike in depression, the spike in suicide. What are the long-term repercussions of this economic disaster? I think I'm personally more concerned uh, about the safety of our women and children more so than um, getting the coronavirus. But that, that's me personally, and I recognize that's a, a polarizing statement. But if they need to go, there is help. There's help and there's resources. But I didn't even know. There's, there's so many resources available. But if you don't know where to look, what do you do? If you don't have access to, into the internet, what do you do? I, I think, and I share your, um, I, I definitely share everything, and I, I think that the women and children definitely need the support. And my heart does go out to 
um, people that are in situations where it's not um, safe for them. Um, but find a way of asking for help and just ask for help. Um, get your support system around you. You know, I didn't go to my family for a very long time. And I was too, right? We're embarrassed. I was, you're too embarrassed, but do, do. You and I know the code words, right? You and I know the code words. We can hear the inflection in a woman's voice who's asking for help without asking for help. So maybe something that we can all do, and maybe women would be better at this than men, I don't know. Uh, Listen hard, listen hard, because someone who's in trouble is asking for help right listen hard when you're at the playground listen hard when you're at the coffee shop whatever it's called but because if it can happen to someone like me with a b and c um going for them uh, insofar as i'm educated i've got a job i own a home that um it can happen to anyone So Sarah, I just want to say thank you for your authenticity, for your honesty, um, for you being such a leader and really sharing so much about your personal journey and what drives you, what fills you up. Because I think that's, those are the women of inspiration that we need to surround ourselves with. Um, I, I can't tell you how grateful I am that we've had this opportunity to talk and I look forward to continuing the journey with you and watching you soar and raising up all those women around us and we bring, we can do this Monica we, we can do that and, and bringing around our allies because I, I believe together we are stronger so Sarah it's been a true blessing and I look forward to sharing the link to this video and for those of you that are listening or watching um, you know if you are in danger or if you have something that is you know if you're depression we I just finished a great big panel with mental health and that's going to be a big thing for us is mental health and safety and you know, as much as it is about rebuilding our businesses, it's about rebuilding ourselves and making sure that we are taking care of ourselves. And it's it's easier said than done, but ask for help. Um, reach out to anybody that you can, um, that you trust, and of course, the circles of influence that we have, where the awarenesses that we talk about it are there for you. So um, don't feel like you're alone. And that's my big thing is don't, you're not alone at all. I agree. Well, thanks for the time. And I'm going to use your lighting next time. I'm going to plan better for this. Oh, you know, I've got it all set up. I, in my living room, I, I did the green room. I have like a living room set up with little studio here. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sarah. And have a great day. You as well. Bye.